Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty 16. Everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you back to another edition of Loyalty Live. In this series, we talk to the leaders in customer channel and brand loyalty about the technology trends and best practices that impact the brand's ability to drive unique experiences, enhance consumer engagement, and most importantly, customer loyalty. In the months of June and July, we embarked on a mini series of loyalty live sessions, looking at the evolving customer experience space and how brands can meet and exceed changing customer expectations to achieve more loyal brand advocates in the months and years to come. Today, we had the pleasure of speaking with Martha, Martha Cohen, who's the Vice President for Client Services at Kobe Marketing. Martha, how are you today? I'm great, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us as well. Um, we like to start off these uh, sessions and learn a little bit more about the people we are speaking with from a personal perspective. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, your role with the company, and maybe even a fun fact is something you have a passion for, scuba diving, jumping out of planes, running marathons, uh, if you have one? Uh, we'd love to hear that. Okay, wonderful. Um, well, thanks for the introduction. Like you said, I'm a vice president on the client services team here at Kobe Marketing. Uh, Kobe New Marketing is an end-to-end -end, uh, loyalty marketing company, uh, and we help our clients uh, by driving enterprise value through loyalty. Uh, we serve clients across a number of verticals, FI, retail, travel and hospitality, and others. Uh, I specifically manage the travel and hospitality portfolio and have the pleasure of working with some of the largest companies around the world, which is exciting. Uh, in the about 15 years leading up to my time at Kobe, I spent the bulk of my career at the digital agency um, space, um, really leveraging data and research to drive brand engagement and customer experience uh, for some really great brands like Capital One, HBO, National Geographic, Verizon Files, and others. Um, fun fact for me, I guess, uh, it's been quite a while since I've done a half marathon. <laughs> I have to say, I won't tell you how many years it's been. Um, and it only took me 10 short years in the pandemic to actually use my pasta maker. So I'm a, I'm a novice pasta maker at home and enjoying it. <laughs> That's good. Uh, good, uh, good, uh, good, always good to have uh, pasta, especially if you're going to run a marathon. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Um, as you know, customer experience has evolved uh, a good deal. Uh, and as being, uh, you know, in the industry, been in the industry for a while, uh, both in Kobe and before, you know, as a thought leader in the industry, how has customer experience changed and evolved in the recent months and years? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. And I think we can all say we haven't seen uh, a time like we've been through in the last 18 months, thankfully. Um, the interesting part of it is that the evolution we're seeing is less about new marketing trends and more about the acceleration of existing trends like hyper-personalization uh, and creating deeper emotional connections. So if you take hyper-personalization to start, um, the past several years have seen a dramatic increase in um, how, how customers are thinking about consumer activism. Uh, so just last year in 2020, 56% of US households donated or volunteered. That's a pretty incredible amount. Um, and even more than that, 74% of millennials donated during that time. Uh, so we see that when brands actually practice philanthropy genuinely, um, they bolster a much stronger connection one-to-one -one with their customers, um, whether they're giving on behalf of their own brand or allowing customers to do it themselves. Um, so that's one interesting thing about how to take that hyper-personalization um, and create that shared connection. On the flip side of that, what we're really seeing is those acceleration of digital trends is increasing the burden on omnichannel. We all know omnichannel is super important um, and people have been trying to figure out ways to have a, a cohesive experience over time. Um, but how do you continue to deliver on those expectations that continue to grow? Um, and one major thing that we've seen during this time is the integration of supply chain. 
So not everybody can compete with monoliths like Amazon, um, but what they can do is leverage partnerships to share data, target products, and deliver to customers where they are. And that's a really big migration that we're looking at at Kobe. Okay. When you look at the kind of evolution of customer experience, uh, brands, depending on where they are in their evolution, they can be very familiar and some may be a little more challenged. How does your organization communicate uh, and demonstrate the importance of customer experience to the clients that, that you're working with to make sure that they understand the need to deliver you know, accessible, exceptional customer experiences to the consumer? Yeah, I think, you know, customer experience was a buzzword from many, many years ago, and everybody wants to create a, a great customer experience. We start by talking about what it actually takes to deliver that great customer experience and the bedrock that you need to prepare in order to deliver on it. And that's data. Um, so when you're data led, you know you can engage in the right way and have confidence. At Kobe, it's in our ethos to capture and activate that first party data. Um, and we think about data in three different ways. We think about your transactional data, your behavioral data, and your emotional data. Uh, and when you're looking towards the brand specific customers regarding that data and not just general market insights, it's so much more powerful. So um, I actually spoke about the, the death of the cookie last year and one of the blessings in disguise about it was really the efficacy of first party data that brands are really starting to build over that you know, generic third party data. Um, at Kobe, we, we bolster that with uh, things like our emotional loyalty scoring, which is a proprietary tool that we developed and it tries to figure out what your brand specific customers, um, what they're motivated by to be loyal to brands. Um, so we take insights from exercises like these and others to apply them to all the recommendations that we make. From a technology perspective, we support digital experiences in a few ways and we're very focused on what our clients need. Um, so for some we design, develop host end to end, for others we might just do a small component. Um, and yet in other cases, we're really focused on supplying the APIs to power the seamless loyalty experience in their digital ecosystem. Okay. So when you look at the acceleration, uh, the digital uh, acceleration transition that we saw going through the pandemic, you know, what considerations do you think brands should be cognizant of uh, as they try to address the, you know, that push towards digital, uh, especially as there's a, a, you have a recovery and people are more and more moving back into stores, moving into more traditional uh, experiences and traditional engagements with the brands, you know, how do you uh, balance that uh, with brands as you advise them? Yeah, it, that's a great question. And I think to that point, you know, we all changed a lot of our behaviors during the pandemic. Um, some of those changed behaviors are going to stick, some aren't. So we'll, we'll go into kind of the way things were in some cases. Um, you know, I know I was one of those people who got my groceries delivered and was out on the porch wiping them down with Lysol. And that was a brand new world. And, you know, now I'm getting back to being able to actually touch my own produce and pick it up in the store. Um, but the, you know, the box stuff in my pantry, I don't want to wait, you know, an hour in the grocery store to get stuff that really doesn't matter who picks that off the shelf. Um, so some of that is going to really persist. Um, and the pandemic grocery is a great example that really accelerated the industry and adoption by five to 10 years, let's say. So the brands that did really well during the pandemic, they were already there. They were already digital first um, and they were using programmatic loyalty insights to drive broader marketing efforts. Um, but moving forward, the disruption that we're seeing is it's the focus on three new business winning models that we're seeing um, focused on that change that we talked about with supply chain integration. So for example, platform ecosystems, um, they're gonna continue to enhance the numerous propositions to maximize value to their customers. We've already seen that with the Amazons, you know, increasingly dominate go-to-market for B2, uh, B2B and B2C. Um, we've seen a lot of success stories with direct-to-consumer, which is exciting. So um, the growing success here 
um, will be that they need to, you know, bolster around them the capabilities to deliver on their product and also their marketing arms to support it. Uh, and then finally, alliances, which is also a really exciting one to be looking at. So, you know, companies of really any size, small to large, can stand together in their purchasing ability um, and data collection. So you see that with Sephora being sold within Kohl's, uh, Ulta being sold within Target, uh, and a lot of really cool partnerships on the horizon. Yeah, so that's a big uh, thing we see at Loyalty 360. We actually have a partnership network between our brands, do a lot of facilitation of that. So if you have that opportunity for organizational alignment uh, and the customers have the same kind of preference sets uh, and interest sets, it can be a great opportunity to not only align products, but also to share promotional opportunities and to get more uh, first and zero party data that can you know, increase the efficacy of, of, of all your uh, marketing uh, opportunities for sure. Absolutely. So when you look at uh, technology, you talked about your API integration, you talked about your emotional loyalty quotient. Um, brands need to leverage technology more and more to make sure that they are you know, being able to personalize the scale, doing it in real time, to make sure they have offers and uh, transactional opportunities that can engage the client in the channel that they, they, they are. You know, how do you advise brands to help them uh, deliver the most memorable experiences via the use of this disparate technology. Yeah, so uh, hopefully I won't I won't beat this drum too much, but we'll start with the data. Uh, technology is only as good as the data, right? So we'll start there. Um, so it's it's collecting that first party data. Um, and loyalty is one of the few brand and customer relationships where you're so well positioned to collect that data. Customers are willing to provide it and they want you to use it in service of their experience. Uh, so I think a lot about Stitch Fix and they do a great job with their interactive tools uh, to thumbs up and thumbs down different aspects of an outfit. And it's really fun and exciting and it generates a, an enormous amount of data on the back end to help them deliver better recommendations, which in turn you know, helps them drive more revenue. Um, another interesting thing to think about with technology is elevating customer service. Um, so we all know in this world of social media, negative experiences can get out there really quickly and get unruly. Um, so shutting them down and making sure they're addressed quickly is important. But rather than just scaling your call centers, uh, using uh, the technology uh, behind AI automation, chatbots, you can find faster resolutions across channels, and then you can still escalate to live agents where appropriate. Uh, Lemonade Insurance does a really great job with this. They actually have a few different chatbots. Maya specifically focuses on their onboarding, and then Gem focuses on their claims. You can imagine based on the state of, of what you're actually trying to achieve with Lemonade, you might have a little bit of a dis different disposition buying insurance versus filing a claim. Um, and then the last thing is real-time redemption. So again, this is one that's been around for a while where you've seen particularly, you know, every major national grocery store, for example, partners with gas stations for points. But how do you partner to have point of sale integration so you can redeem for points at that point of sale beyond those types of, of brick and mortar locations? Okay, that's interesting. And uh, how do you uh, address that, those the integration issues for C-store fuel entities? Yeah, so that, that's a great question. When we think about integrating it again, to your point about partner networks, it goes back to that um, and it's creating relevance. So it depends on you know things like co-brand, if you've got a co-brand card in your top of wallet versus your not top of wallet, um, you know, what are the experiences that people will, will connect and make sense for two brands to come together? You know, um, let's just say you've got a very niche type of, of product offering. You might not necessarily make sense showing up at a gas station, but you could at an Amazon, which is really more of an overarching, um, you know, type of, of purchasing scenario. So we really try to intersect whoever the brand's, you know, ethos and values are with similar partnerships that would deliver on that, on that feeling in the continuity. 
So when you look at uh, uh, program participation, there can be quote unquote barriers to entry depending on the program, right? There's complexity there, uh, you know, maybe too many questions asked initially, or, you know, they may not be seamless uh, with regard to, uh, you know, being able to engage via channel. You know, how do you uh, recommend brands kind of reduce those barriers for participation, you know, with their customer experience and customer loyalty programs? Yeah, I, I love how you talked about the the friction there, and I think that's that's the the first part we see is that people have all these things that, that they want to collect and get answers to, and it, it muddies kind of the experience of what they're actually trying to drive from an outcome perspective. So there's there's three things that I would say there. The first would be simplify, just to make it a better experience, remove stress points, and think about what you actually want. If you've got an overly complicated point system with rules that don't necessarily make you know logical sense. Uh, people are not going to want to really adopt that. Just focus on the, the transactions, um, the behaviors, and then the emotional driving that you want to achieve um, and very digestible chunks. You can always really you know, expand the, um, the experience over time, but starting simple is really a, a good place um, always to be thinking. The next is connection. Um, so if you think about CPG, travel, FI, telecom, you know, they all have the same experience where you have a very specific part of the experience that is represented by them. So when you think about a trip, you're not just thinking about the plane, you're thinking about the end to end, the hotel, the Uber, the all this that gets you to have that experience. Um, HP is a great example during the pandemic when I moved my home office home. Um, I discovered for the first time in many, many years that I needed a printer at home. Um, and, you know, that seemed like a pretty check the box type of purchase. But when I went through the experience with HP, um, who's actually one of our clients at Kobe, I found that I was drawn toward the way that they made printing actually fun again. So while I'm stuck at home with my kids, they enabled a lot of arts and crafts and, you know, experiences online to, to really, you know, give templates and advice. They made automating, uh, automating the, um, you know, file storage that I have um, interesting. So I didn't just think about it at the moment that I hit the print and gosh, I hope this HP works, but it had me thinking of that every single time I created an experience of great. I'm so glad I have a printer that enables that. Um, and then lastly is enabling action. Uh, and so what we mean here is think about what this is meaning to the consumer. So HP is a great example I just talked about. Best Buy, on the other hand, what they really did was they changed up their messaging during the pandemic to say what a home office means. So it wasn't just, you know, save here by buying your office chair for home that you're going to use for a year. But what are the benefits of having an office at home and how can you create this in a way that's going to actually, you know, enhance your life in a way that maybe isn't as disruptive as, as all the other things we experienced during this time. So you talked about a little bit, uh, you know, being able to develop programs. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, brands like HP, like H Best Buy, you mentioned, are looking to address the, the own disruption they're seeing. So when you you look at that and the need to develop design and execute on and improve customer experience for their customers, you know, what are a couple of best practices you have for brands to help them do that? Yeah. So one would be clienteling. Uh, we really focus on creating a long-term relationship with a client that's differentiated. So, you know, you don't want to step outside of the box and do something that's wacky just for the sake of wacky, but how can you do something that's really authentic to the brand? So um, Best Buy, like we just talked about, um, they're really known for their blue shirts. So they're, they're folks in store who create a memorable experience. And that's something that people associate and they remember that that person, you know, helped me with my tech need or helped me get a computer for my daughter to go to college or what have you. Um, so really trying to take the unique portions of their business model um, and apply them direct to the customer in a way that makes impact. 
Uh, we've talked a lot about this already, but it's more than transactions. So thinking about loyalty in terms of um, purchase behavior is important, uh, but we also want to think about, you know, what is their brand love score or what is their product referral score? What are other things that drive value to your business? Um, so I might be a tried and true person coming in spending, you know, $50 every month. I'm not coming in and spending, you know, $5,000 all in one fell swoop, but I'm steady. I'm referring people and those are all driving revenue for the customer or the company, excuse me. Um, and then finally optionality. So we really want to offer some choice um, so that you allow people to feel that personalization, you know, even if it's not totally one-to-one, -one, um, they are feeling like they get to pick best-in-class offers, uh, but they're unique to what matters to them. Okay. And then you talked about it a little bit as well. You know, when you look at uh, personalization, it's really predicated on the ability to understand the uh, series of channels that a customer or consumer wants to engage with that brand. So how can a brand engage members via you know, disparate channels, and how do they do that in a manner that they can enhance the customer experience, encourage retention, and then deepen customer loyalty. It sounds like a really easy answer, um, but I think we've all experienced this in, in consulting where you work with a, a massive corporation and so much of their customer experience is defined by their inner silos within the business. Um, so we take some, some really basic tools at times uh, from CX um, and processes. Sometimes we do things like service blueprints. Uh, and what we're looking to do is evaluate and identify both gaps and opportunities across the entire experience. And again, not just digital, but we're talking physical as well. Um, so from the time that you become a blip on someone's radar to purchase all the way through to you, you know, come home and open your, your product and figure out something doesn't work. You know, what are all the opportunities within those to actually engender loyalty? Um, and then when you can kind of create that common purpose that serves the business, it helps to break down the silos within that company a little bit better to have that shared shared purpose. So, you know, historical loyalty marketing has really focused on just post-purchase, uh, but we feel strongly that looking at that entire customer experience really helps to engender loyalty throughout. Okay. Uh, as consumers uh, evolve over the next six months, a year, maybe even five years, you know, what ways do you think brands uh, should be or need to be more agile in order to retain and grow them as, you know, advocates for the brand? And I think we talked to us about earlier, how, how does technology play a piece in, in, in that uh, kind of evolution? Yeah, so certainly I think from a technology perspective, you need you need to be nimble um, and have a company that the roadmap is looking ahead, uh, you know, far down the road in terms of emerging technologies that are out there, you know, opportunities for partnerships and integrating with, you know, new types of technology that may come aboard. Um, but I think that the crux of all of it is continually you know, reassessing your program. So, um, you know, loyalty gets associated programmatic loyalty all the time with points. Um, and at a time that really, that really served, uh, you know, customers well a long time ago, let's say, you know, the, the early airline models, that was something that really stuck and made sense. Um, but the, the companies that are continually evolving and looking at that continue to stay ahead. When you're not looking at your messaging and your features and your benefits, or even more than that, your program economics, your, you know, value proposition, that is a program that is at risk. Um, so we advise people to take a, an approach from a strategy and technology perspective of constant reassessment um, so that you don't you know, find yourself caught on your heels um, when, those tech, when those transitions happen in the industry. Okay, I think that's great. Uh, Martha, it, uh, it's always a great pleasure speaking with Kobe and to hear what you guys are doing and seeing and hearing in the market. And uh, it was great getting to know a little bit more about you and uh, your role in, in the travel and entertainment industry and, and, and what you there. So uh, very informative and uh, look forward to hearing more from Kobe in uh, 2021. 
Likewise, thanks so much for having me today. Absolutely, and uh, thank you everyone for watching. I want to let you know we're gonna take a short hiatus uh, from our loyalty live for the July 4th holiday. And we'll be streaming some of our most popular sessions on July 2nd and the 6th. So make sure you tune in for them for a little recap. And uh, thank you very much everyone for watching.